I'm Robbie. Thank you. John. Thank you, John. My name is Jim Morrison. Jim, thank you. Ray Manzarek. Ray, let me start with you in a question, if I may. How do you characterize your music? Does it have a name? Well, it's impossible, really, to put a label on it because of where we are in the music. Being on the inside, you're only of the music, and all categories have to come from the outside. So someone else is going to have to say what our music is rather than us because we are our music. Too much in it at the moment. No. A lot of people seem to think you're from San Francisco. Is that true? No, actually, we got together in uh, L.A., but we play in San Francisco a lot. That's the explanation of why you have that association. Why is so much happening in San Francisco? You figured it out yet? Uh, the West is the best. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You sold many, many albums before you sold a single record. It's a phenomenal record success all around, the album and the single. How long did it take to make that first album? Uh, about a month. That's a relatively short time in this day and age, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of our second album now, and, uh, trying to top the first one. You told me, though, that it, it was going to, it took you about a year to accumulate everything and, and put it all together. We leap up here. Future plans. Are you, somebody mentioned you're going somewhere. Yeah, we're going to go to England, and our new album should be out in about September. Have you selected a name for the album yet, Jim? I think it's going to strange days. All right, fair enough. John, why don't you make yourself comfortable up here, and we'll, we'll do the thing that set the whole music business on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, again, The Doors. <sighs> 56 years ago, on January 4th, 1967, The Doors released their self-titled album, First it was Break On Through, and then it was Light My Fire, The Crystal Ship, The End, Soul Kitchen. The The debut album really is a masterpiece. They even did a classic album series on it. I love those series. But, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, by the way. It's been a long, interesting day. When I was a teenager... You know, the Beatles, that was my parents' music. And I liked the Beatles and the Stones, and yeah. But then I remember I got into The Doors, and then I remembered, now this is my music. Even though it wasn't my generation. But something about The Doors has made it continuous to the different generations that discover them. 31 years ago, or is it 32 years ago, Oliver Stone put out The Doors. Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. There were a lot of problems. There were a lot of issues. True Door fans have found the film to be, well, wacky. I am a big Val Kilmer fan. His performance as Doc Holliday is just brilliant. But his performance as Jim Morrison, it's like, no. It's a caricature. And they're surviving doors distance themselves from the film even though I believe one of them is in the film but I digress the debut album I mean you think about that album that album is magical but some interesting things were left out of the mix because at the time you could not say she get high so for years when we were listening to Break On Through to the Other Side, you hear She Get 
she get, and then they finally restored it. The end about the Oedipus complex. The F word is in the original mix, but they had to mix it down because of the implica- implications. Break on through to the other side opens the album. Soul Kitchen, The Crystal Ship, 20th Century Fox, Alabama Song, Whiskey Bar, Light My Fire, Backdoor Man, I Looked at You, End of the Night, which is such a beautiful song. Take It As It Comes, oh my god. And it ends with the end. Now that is a masterpiece. The summer of love was upon us in that moment in time. And everyone was, all you need is love. But the doors were like, light my fire, honey. And by the way, the West is the best. And Jim Morrison saying that in the interview, he's quoting his own song. Because that's a lyric from the end. The West is the best. When you dive into the world that is the doors there is light there is dark there is uncertainty and there's the magic this is the true magic of the music i've talked to people before and they've we've all agreed it's the doors the doors of perception are cleansed everything to man would appear as it is infinite that's why they name themselves the doors why Huxley you got it from Huxley and you had this poet James Douglas Morrison you had the man who really brought it all together sonically with those that beautiful keyboard solo that organ solo in Light My Fire Mr. Ray Manzarek may he rest in peace may Jim and him both rest in peace John Densmore is the amazing drummer who put that uh, Latin beat on. It's a jazz beat on Break On Through to the other side. And Mr. Robbie Krieger, who played sitars in the end and wrote their first number one, Light My Fire. In fact, years later, when Francis Ford Coppola bought the rights to the Doors songs, he was go- he could choose any song, but he chose one Doors song to open Apocalypse Now, and that was the end. And who opens that film? The guitars and sitars of Mr. Robbie Krieger. Now, this album was produced by... A very legendary producer. Unfortunately, when it came time to make their final album, Paul Rothschild was nowhere to be seen because he was like, fellas, you need to do this yourself. So they produced it with their engineer, Bruce Botwick. But the Doors album, the first album, that is the album that paved the way for everything. It paved the way I don't think anybody could really oh my god 
conjure. And we're talking about conjuring because that's what the music of the doors did. It conjured a generation and then it kind of con- conjured another generation. Or as Jim says, you break on through to the other side and then the other side. The doors influenced Patti Smith and her band. They influenced Jane's addiction. Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, Green Day, you name it. The Doors influence so many artists, it's not even funny. The music itself, I mean, they started off at the London Fog and they worked their way to the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. There was danger to this band because Jim Morrison was very unhinged at times because he was a free spirit. Very free. But what they made together as a band is magical. It is so magical. And I wanted to just have the band themselves talk about making this magical album poetry was his first love forget the night live with us in forests of azure meager food for souls forgotten Jim like Dylan was what I call born poet I don't think he could have been anything else Jim was influenced by uh, the beat poets, by uh, uh, certainly by uh, Jack Kerouac and um, Allen Ginsberg, Michael McClure. Jim and I discussed Rambeau a fair amount, and Jim was interested in Nietzsche. No eternal reward will forgive us now for wasting the dawn. I was in the UCLA Film School in 1964. And Jim and Ray were both there. When we all got out of college around the same time, that's when everybody said, well, you know, I've done the collegiate thing, and now let's do the, you know, psychedelic thing. Ray appears three times on these. He's playing the, the farting bass, his organ, and he's also playing a marxophone. I never even heard of it. Paul Rothschild said, let's get the mar- marxophone. I said, what the hell is that, man? He said, it's a hammer zither, a hammer zither. Because being a folky out of New York City, they knew about all that sort of thing. And it worked out perfectly. The jingle jangly sound uh, was perfect for the whiskey bar. <laughs> I think I've made a mistake here. I must be insane and hallucinating. Out the door he went, back up the, uh, climbed up uh, the, the chain link fence, lost his shoe. His boot got stuck, you know, in the chain link pulled his back and got over to the top and pam said jim your shoe he said oh the hell with it i've got to go back up and over forget it let's get out of here honey boom off they go the next morning the owner of the studio tutti camarata a certain tutti camarata calls jack calls paul rothschild who then calls uh, um jack holzman and uh, tells him uh, the studio's been hosed down here 
this is not a good thing at all. And Jack said, oh, my God, is it, a, I mean, a, is it a big loss? He said, no, 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 it can be cleaned up. It's no big deal. And the instruments. But, and Jack said, well, why are you calling me? He said, because we found Morrison's shoe stuck into the chain link fence. And Jack said, all right, all right, I'll pay for it. It, it wasn't much, thank God. And he didn't ruin it. But uh, he came in the next day, and everyone went, what the did you do, Jim? My God. And it was funny, when he came back in, he was very calm and quiet and very sheepish and went, oh, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't, I, wow, this is terrible. What can I do? You know, he was very apologetic and very sweet. And, but he wasn't there. You know, he was there, but he wasn't there with Jim. Ray Charles. But I'm playing. Bring out from the other side. Through, I, I got the idea for the riff from a Paul Butterfield song, Shake Your Money Maker, which uh, was one of my favorites. And the way they played it was something like, like this. So we, we just changed the beat around and, and, and made it. Nova was coming up from Brazil, which was uh, with a stick and a brush like. And I appreciated that very much, and I decided to use it and make it stiffer for rock and roll. So it's like this. songs you know 
Why don't you all guys go and try and write some too, you know? folk song than it turned into it goes into the doors communal mind and densmore says let's put a latin beat to it man like this and how do we start the song we can't just because that's like the that's the riff of the song and I don't know, out of the, you know, the better angels of my unconscious mind came. And then uh, everybody. Those are the surviving doors. <laughs> Although um, Mr. Rayman's Eric has been gone a while. Talking about composing, writing, and producing their debut album. I have so much love and admiration for The Doors because that's a sound that nobody else has. And it is a testament to their musicianship, the legacy of not just the first album, but they really churned out those albums in, in such a short time and um oh my god this band and i and i remember the first time just in in fact it was 10 years ago this may that ray manzarek died he died of cancer at the age of 74 and jim morrison jim morrison was the first one to really you know that no one here gets out alive well he didn't he didn't at 27 the legacy of the doors is forever cemented because when you lose someone that young, the same happened to John Lennon, the same happened to Kobe Bryant, Amy Winehouse, it becomes that, or in Tupac and Notorious B.I.G., it becomes that what, and, and um, what's the other, the rapper, um, my friend loved him. But anyway, um, it becomes that what might have been. They are for, oh, forever frozen in time. Their legacy has stalled at that moment. So then you create this mythology of them as an icon. The moment they die, they become an icon. Usually you're not an icon until you're dead. Very few can actually be an icon if they're alive. You know, they, they've able to retain that momentum. But the Doors, the Doors were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993. And who performed with them those seminal songs? Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam. Eddie Vedder has that swagger. He's got that blues in his voice, that urgency, the magic. In fact, he recently 
for the Kennedy Center Honors. Um, honored you too by singing their songs. So Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder is a, a real master of ceremonies. He has inducted many people into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, including the Doors, the Ramones, R.E.M. I mean, the list goes on and on. My love for the Doors will always be there. Always. If I could go back in time and see them live, and I know people who had seen them live, I would do that. But all I can do is listen to the music. Watch the live videos. Those moments where they did light my fire on Ed Sullivan and couldn't say higher. And they did anyway. And they were never allowed to be on Ed Sullivan again. And Rayman Zarek and Jim Morrison, well... I think I think Ray Ray tells the story the best. Um because he lived it. He lived it. It was magical. <laughs> I mean they they got into some big trouble. And eventually you have things like the doors are going to perform Light My Fire on the Ed Sullivan Show and they get asked to delete the word higher. 1967. Ed Sullivan was the number one show in America and one of the only places to see rock and roll. Light My Fire is the number one song in America and the doors are invited. Fifteen minutes before showtime, somebody comes into the dressing room and says to us, uh, we have a problem, boys. Network won't let you say higher on national television. And Jim said to him, what are we supposed to say? And he looks at Jim and he said, well, you're the poet. Why don't you come up with something? Wire, flyer. Jim's about to hit that guy. I grabbed his hand and said, no, 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 no. For God's sake. So I said to the man, okay, 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 listen, here's what we're going to do. We will change the lyric. And he said, okay, I knew you were the sensible one. That's good. He walks out the door. Jim and John and Robbie come to me and say, we're not changing the lyric. I said, well, sir, it just came out. Ed Sullivan wanted you for six more performances. You'll never work the Ed Sullivan show. What do you think of that? And then Jim looked at him and said, hey, man, so what? We just did the Ed Sullivan yeah, they just did the Ed Sullivan show. They only wanted to do it once. That's the stuff of legend right there. And now, like the Beatles, there are only two doors left. John Densmore and Robbie Krieger. And so, that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Honoring, I mean, I'm a day late, but it really shouldn't matter because it's it's the love and reverence that I have for this band they will always be magical to me there there are bands that I will love forever and then you never forget your first magical band you never forget the first time you heard the doors and how those doors of perception were truly truly cleansed as the doors did them for us in such a sonic freeing way I mean the Doors music is so open to interpretation 
because you can just get in your car and drive. You can sit, you can have a party for one, you can, you know, conjure to the doors. There is a magic, there is a mystique. I mean, think of those lyrics right there. Not just the sonics of the doors, but what they were saying, okay? I mean, lyrically, you know, uh, the crystal ship is being filled. Come on. Break on through to the other side. Light my fire at that beautiful organ solo. Oh, jeez. Take it as, as, as it comes. But it really, if we dive into the end, okay? The killer awoke before dawn. He put his boots on. He took a face from the Asian gallery and he ancient gallery and he walked on down the hall and he looked inside and that leads us to the end of the end because I don't want to get in trouble for reciting those magical lyrics that Jim Morrison so hypnotically churned and he churned it baby they got kicked out of a I forget where it was, but they got, they got kicked out because they were going going into the Oedipus complex, and that's where we'll end tonight. Was with the end, beautiful friend. As always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>